Book Eight, Part Two, Pharsalia, Dramatic Episodes of the Civil Wars. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Rita Boutros. Pharsalia, Dramatic Episodes of the Civil Wars by Lucan. Translation by J. D. Duff. Book Eight. Death of Pompeius. Part Two. Already had a horseman from the shore, in rapid gallop to the trembling court, brought news their guest was come. Short was the time for counsel given, but in haste were met all who advised the base Pelian king. Monsters, inhuman, there Aquarius sat, less harsh in failing years, in Memphis born of empty rites, and guardian of the rise of fertilizing Nile. While he was priest, not only once had Apis lived the space marked by the crescent on his sacred brow, first was his voice for magnus raised and troth and for the pledges of the king deceased but skilled in counsel meet for shameless minds and tyrant hearts pothinus dared to claim judgment of death on magnus laws and right make many guilty ptolemus king and faith thus lauded brings its punishment when it supports the fallen to the fates yield thee, and to the gods, the wretched shun, but seek the happy. As the stars from earth differ, and fire from ocean, so from right expedience. The tyrant's shorn of strength, who ponders justice, and regard for right brings ruin on a throne. For lawless power the best defense is crime, and cruel deeds find safety but in doing. He that aims at piety must flee the regal hall. Virtue's the bane of rule. He lives in dread who shrinks from cruelty. Nor let this chief unpunished scorn thy youth, who thinks that thou not even the conquered from our shore canst bar. Nor to a stranger, if thou wouldst not reign, Resign thy sceptre, for the ties of blood speak for thy banished sister. Let her rule o'er Nile and Pharos. We shall at the least preserve our Egypt from the Latian arms. What Magnus owned not ere the war was done, no more shall Caesar. Driven from all the world, trusting no more to fortune, now he seeks some foreign nation which may share his fate. Shades of the slaughtered in the civil war compel him, nor from Caesar's arms alone, but from the Senate also does he fly, whose blood outpoured has gorged Thessalian fowl, monarchs he feared whose all he hath destroyed, and nations piled in one ensanguined heap by him deserted. Victim of the blow, the Salia dealt, refused in every land. He asks for help from ours, not yet betrayed. But none than Egypt with this chief from Rome has juster quarrel, who has sought with arms to stain our pharaohs, distant from the strife and peaceful ever, 
and to make our realm suspected by his victor why alone should this our country please thee in thy fall why bring'st thou here the burden of thy fates pharsalia's curse in caesar's eyes long since we have offence which by the sword alone can find its condonation in that we by thy persuasion from the senate gained this our dominion by our prayers we helped if not by arms thy cause this sword which fate bids us make ready not for thee i hold prepared but for the vanquished and on thee would it had been on caesar falls the stroke for we are born as all things to his side and dost thou doubt since thou art in my power thou art my victim by what trust in us camest thou unhappy scarce our people tills the fields though softened by the refluent nile know well our strength and know we can no more rome neath the ruin of pompeius lies shalt thou king uphold him shalt thou dare to stir pharsalia's ashes and to call war to thy kingdom ere the fight was fought we joined not either army shall we now make magnus friend whom all the world deserts and fling a challenge to the conquering chief and all his proud successes fair is help lent in disaster yet reserved for those whom fortune favours faith her friends selects not from the wretched they decree the crime proud is the boyish tyrant that so soon his slaves permit him to so great a deed to give his favouring voice and for the work they choose achilles where the treacherous shore runs out in sand below the cassian mount and where the shallow waters of the sea attest the syrtes near in little boat achilles and his partners in the crime with swords embark ye gods and shall the nile and barbarous memphis and the effeminate crew that throngs pelusian canopus raise its thoughts to such an enterprise do thus our fates press on the world is rome thus fallen that in our civil phrase the faxian sword finds place or egypt oh may civil war be thus far faithful that the hand which strikes be of our kindred and the foreign fiend held worlds apart pompeius great in soul noble in spirit had deserved a death from caesar's self and king hast thou no fear at such a ruin of so great a name and dost thou dare when heaven's high thunder rolls thou puny boy to mingle with its tones thine impure utterance had he not won a world by arms and thrice in triumph scaled the sacred capital and vanquished kings and championed the roman senate's cause he kinsman of the victor twas enough to cause forbearance in a pharian king that he was roman wherefore with thy sword dost stab our breasts thou knowest not impious boy how stand thy fortunes 
now no more by right hast thou the sceptre of the land of nile for prostrate vanquished in the civil wars is he who gave it furling now his sails magnus with oars approached the accursed land when in their little boat the murderous crew drew nigh and feigning from the egyptian court a ready welcome blamed the double tides broken by shallows and their scanty beach unfit for fleets and bade him to their craft leaving his loftier ship had not the fates eternal and unalterable laws called for their victim and decreed his end now near at hand his comrade's warning voice yet might have stayed his course for if the court to magnus who bestowed the pharian crown in truth were open should not king and fleet in pomp have come to greet him but he yields the fates compel welcome to him was death rather than fear but rushing to the side his spouse would follow for she dared not stay fearing the guile then he abide my wife and son i pray you from the shore afar await my fortunes mine shall be the life to test their honour but cornelius still withstood his bidding and with arms outspread frenzied she cried and whither without me cruel departest thou forbadst me share thy risks thessalian dost again command that i should part from thee no happy star breaks on our sorrow if from every land thou dost debar me why didst turn aside in flight to lesbos on the waves alone am i thy fit companion thus in vain leaning upon the bulwark dazed with dread nor could she turn her straining gaze aside nor see her parting husband all the fleet stood silent anxious waiting for the end not that they feared the murder which befell but lest their leader might with humble prayer kneel to the king he made as magnus passed a roman soldier from the pharian boat septimius salutes him gods of heaven there stood he minion to a barbarous king nor bearing still the javelin of rome but vile in all his arms giant in form fierce brutal thirsting as a beast may thirst for carnage didst thou fortune for the sake of nations spare to dread pharsalus field this savage monster's blows or dost thou place throughout the world for thy mysterious ends some ministering swords for civil war thus to the shame of victors and of gods this story shall be told in days to come a roman swordsman once within thy ranks slave to the orders of a puny prince severed pompeius neck and what shall be septimius fame hereafter by what name this deed be called if brutus wrought a crime now came the end the latest hour of all wrapped to the boat was magnus of himself no longer master and the miscreant crew unsheathed their swords which when the chieftain saw he swathed his visage 
for he scorned unveiled to yield his life to fortune closed his eyes and held his breath within him lest some word or sob escaped might mar the deathless fame his deeds had won and when within his side achilles plunged his blade nor sound nor cry he gave but calm consented to the blow and proved himself in dying in his breast these thoughts revolving in the years to come men shall make mention of our roman toils gaze on this boat ponder the farian faith and think upon thy fame and all the years while fortune smiled but for the ills of life how thou couldst bear them this men shall not know save by thy death then weigh thou not the shame that waits on thine undoing whose strikes the blow is caesar's men may tear this frame and cast it mangled to the winds of heaven yet have i prospered nor can all the gods call back my triumphs life may bring defeat but death no misery if my spouse and son behold me murdered silently the more i suffer admiration at my death shall prove their love thus did pompeius die guarding his thoughts but now cornelia filled the air with lamentations at the sight o husband whom my wicked self hath slain that lonely isle apart thy bane hath been and stayed thy coming caesar to the nile has won before us for what other hand may do such work but whosoe'er thou art sent from the gods with power for caesar's ire or thine own sake to slay thou dost not know where lies the heart of magnus haste and do such were his prayer no other punishment befits the conquered yet let him ere his end see mine cornelius on me the blame of all these wars who soul of roman wives followed my spouse afield nor feared the fates and in disaster when the kings refused received and cherished him did i deserve thus to be left of thee and didst thou seek to spare me and when rushing on thine end was i to live without the monarch's help death shall be mine either by headlong leap beneath the waters or some sailor's hand shall bind around this neck the fatal cord or else some comrade worthy of his chief drive to my heart his blade for magnus sake and claim the service done to caesar's arms what does your cruelty withhold my fate ah still he lives nor is it mine as yet to win this freedom they forbid me death kept for the victor's triumph thus she spake while friendly hands upheld her fainting form and sped the trembling vessel from the shore men say that magnus when the deadly blows fell thick upon him lost nor form divine nor venerated mane and as they gazed upon his lacerated head they marked still on his features anger with the gods nor death could change his visage for in act of striking 
fierce septimius murderous hand thus making worse his crime severed the folds that swathed the face and seized the noble head and drooping neck ere yet was fled the life then placed upon the bench and with his blade slow at its hideous task and blows unskilled hacked through the flesh and brake the knotted bone for yet man had not learned by swoop of sword deftly to lop the neck achilles claimed the gory head dissevered what shall thou a roman soldier while thy blade yet reeks from magna's slaughter play the second part to this base varlet of the pharian king nor bear thyself the bleeding trophy home then that the impious boy ah shameful fate might know the features of the hero slain seized by the locks the dread of kings which waved upon his stately front on pharian pike the head was lifted while almost the life gave to the tongue its accents and the eyes were yet scarce glazed that head at whose command was peace or war that tongue whose eloquent tones would move assemblies and that noble brow on which were showered the rewards of rome nor to the tyrant did the sight suffice to prove the murder done the perishing flesh the tissues and the brain he bids remove by art nefarious the shrivelled skin draws tight upon the bone and poisonous juice gives to the face its lineaments in death last of thy race thou base degenerate boy about to perish soon and yield the throne to thine incestuous sister while the prince from macedon here in consecrated vault now rests and ashes of the kings are closed in mighty pyramids and lofty tombs of thine unworthy fathers mark the graves shall magnus body hither and thither borne be battered headless by the ocean wave too much it troubled thee to guard the course unmutilated for his kinsman's eye to witness such the faith which fortune kept with prosperous pompeius to the end twas not for him in evil days some ray of light to hope for shattered from the height of power in one short moment to his death years of unbroken victories balanced down by one day's carnage in his happy time heaven did not harass him nor did she spare in misery long fortune held the hand that dashed him down now beaten by the sands torn upon rocks the sport of ocean's waves poured through its wounds his headless carcass lies save by the lacerated trunk unknown yet ere the victor touched the pharian sands some scanty rites to magnus fortune gave lest he should want all burial pale with fear came cordus hasting from his hiding-place quaestor he joined pompeius on thy shore idalian cyprus bringing in his train a cloud of evils through the darkening shades love for the dead compelled his trembling steps hard by the marin of the deep to search and drag to land his master 
through the clouds the moon shone sadly and her rays were dim but by its hue upon the hoary mane he knew the body in a fast embrace he holds it wrestling with the greedy sea and deftly watching for a refluent wave gains help to bring his burden to the land then clinging to the loved remains the wounds washed with his tears thus to the gods he speaks and misty stars obscure here fortune lies pompeius thine no costly incense rare or pomp of funeral he dares to ask nor doth the smoke rise heavenward from his pyre with eastern odours rich nor that the necks of pious romans bear him to the tomb their parent while the forums shall resound with dirges nor that triumphs one of yore be borne before him nor for sorrowing hosts to cast their weapons forth some little shell he begs as for the meanest laid in which his mutilated course may reach the flame grudge not his misery the pile of wood lit by this menial hand is not enough that his cornelia with dishevelled hair weeps not beside him at his obsequies nor with a last embrace shall place the torch beneath her husband dead but on the deep hard by still wanders burning from afar he sees the pyre of some ignoble youth deserted of his own with none to guard and quickly drawing from beneath the limbs some glowing logs whoe'er thou art he said neglected shade uncared for dear to none yet happier than pompeius in thy death pardon i ask that this my stranger hand should violate thy tomb yet if to shades be sense or memory gladly shall thou yield this from thy pyre to magnus twere thy shame blessed with due burial if his remains were homeless speaking thus the wood of flame back to the headless trunk at speed he bore which hanging on the margin of the deep almost the sea had won in sandy trench the gathered fragments of a broken boat trembling he placed around the noble limbs no pile above the corpse nor under lay nor was the fire beneath then as he crouched beside the blaze o oh, greatest chief he cried majestic champion of hesperia's name if to be tossed unburied on the deep rather than these poor rites thy shade prefer from these mine offices thy mighty soul withdraw pompeius injuries dealt by fate command this duty lest some bird or beast or ocean monster or fierce caesar's wrath should venture aught against thee take the fire all that thou canst by roman hand at least enkindled and should fortune grant return to loved hesperia's land not here shall rest thy sacred ashes but within an urn cornelia from this humble hand received shall place them here upon a meagre stone we draw the characters to mark thy tomb these letters reading may some kindly friend bring back thine head dissevered and may grant full funeral honours to thine earthly frame 
then did he cherish the enfeebled fire till magnus body mingled with its flames but now the harbinger of coming dawn had paled the constellations he in fear seeks for his hiding place whom dost thou dread madman what punishment for such a crime for which thy fame by rumour trumpet-tongued has been sent down to ages praise is thine for this thy work at impious caesar's hands sure of a pardon go confess thy task and beg the head dissevered but his work was still unfinished and with pious hand fearing some foe he seizes on the bones now half consumed and sinews and the wave pours in upon them and in shallow trench commits them to the earth and lest some breeze might bear away the ashes or by chance some sailor's anchor might disturb the tomb a stone he places and with stick half burned traces the sacred name here magnus lies and art thou fortune pleased that such a spot should be his tomb which even caesar's self had chosen rather than permit his course to rest unburied why with thoughtless hand confine his shade within the narrow bounds of this poor sepulchre where the furthest sand hangs on the margin of the baffled deep cabined he lies yet where the roman name is known and empire such in truth shall be the boundless measure of his resting-place blot out this stone this proof against the gods Eta finds room for Hercules alone, and Nisa's mountain for the Bromian god. Not all the lands of Egypt should suffice for Magnus dead. And shall one Pharian stone mark his remains? Yet should no turf disclose his title, peoples of the earth would fear to spurn his ashes, and the sands of Nile no foot would tread but if the stone deserves so great a name then add his mighty deeds right lepidus conquered and the alpine war and fierce sertorius by his aiding arm o'erthrown the chariots which as night he drove cilician pirates driven from the main and commerce safe to nations eastern kings defeated and the barbarous northern tribes write that from arms he ever sought the robe write that content upon the capital thrice only triumphed he nor asked his due what mausoleum were for such a chief a fitting monument this paltry stone records no syllable of the lengthy tale of honours and the name which men have read upon the sacred temples of the gods and lofty arches built of hostile spoils on desolate sands here marks his lowly grave with characters uncouth such as the glance of passing traveller or roman guest might pass unnoticed thou egyptian land by destiny foredoomed to bear a part in civil warfare not unreasoning sang high cumae's prophetess whom she forbade the stream pelusian to the roman arms and all the banks which in the summer-tide are covered by his flood what grievous fate shall i call down upon thee 
may the nile turn back his water to his source thy fields want for the winter rain and all the land crumble to desert wastes here in our fanes have known thine isis and thy hideous gods half hounds half human and the drum that bids to sorrow and osiris whom thy dirge proclaims for man thou egypt in thy sand are dead containest nor though her temples now serve a proud master yet has rome required pompeius ashes in a foreign land still lies her chief but though men feared at first the victor's vengeance now at length receive thy magnus bones if still the restless wave hath not prevailed upon that hated shore shall men have fear of tombs and dread to move the dust of those who should be with the gods oh may my country place the crime on me if crime it be to violate such a tomb of such a hero and to bear his dust home to ausonia happy happy he who bears such holy office in his trust haply when famine rages in the land or burning southern winds or fires abound and earthquake shocks and rome shall pray an end from angry heaven by the god's command in counsel given shalt thou be transferred to thine own city and the priest shall bear thy sacred ashes to their last abode who now may seek beneath the raging crab or hot cyanes waste or thebes athirst under the rainy pleiades to gaze on nile's broad stream or whose may exchange on the red sea or in arabian ports some eastern merchandise shall turn in awe to view the venerable stone that marks thy grave pompeius and shall worship more thy dust commingled with the arid sand thy shade though exiled than the fane upreared on cassius mount to jove in temples shrined and gold thy memory were viler deemed fortune lies with thee in thy lowly tomb and makes thee rival of olympus king more awful is that stone by libyan seas lashed than our conqueror's altars there in earth a deity rests to whom all men shall bow more than to god's tarpeian and his name shall shine the brighter in the days to come for that no marble tomb about him stands nor lofty monument that little dust time shall soon scatter and the tomb shall fall and all the proofs shall perish of his death and happier days shall come when men shall gaze upon the stone nor yet believe the tale and egypt's fable that she holds the grave of great pompeius be believed no more than crete's which boasts the sepulchre of jove end of book eight part two